0: Good morning, everyone. How are we?
1: Well, I don't know about you, but um, I think last year was a really great year in Strong Nation churches. We've got uh, so much to celebrate, you know, and um, God really did some incredible things. He took us all on a bit of a journey into his greater, and uh, I just found last year to be uh, really, really powerful. Um, but this January... We're looking at uh, the summer series, which this is obviously one of. And we're looking at, are you ready? Are you ready? We really believe that, uh, and something that God really put on my heart um, uh, early last year was this idea that he was doing a Gideon on us, that he was helping us as strong nation churches find our 300. And I'm not talking about a literal 300 people, but find those people who were really dedicated and committed to the vision and ready to hear his voice and do whatever it was that he asked them to do. Because when you think of those 300, what God actually asked them to do was, was a bit weird. You know, it, it was, you know, go down to this huge army with just some torches and clay pots and everything and I'll make the other army flee and so on. But that's what God's really wanted in us And I really believe that we have got um, our our three churches here and the churches in Cambodia full of people now who are ready to do just that. Um, He's been working on us and in us. And why? Why has He been doing this? Why does He want us to, to be those people who are just ready to do whatever He asks? To see His kingdom grow in the Hawkesbury, in Penrith, in mountains, and in Cambodia, and wherever else He takes us. Are we ready for wherever else? To see people saved, set free, that they may live abundant, fruitful and everlasting lives. To see the needs in our communities met. You know, what Karen is doing uh, up in the mountains, it's just the start. You know, we're going to see so many things like that happen. And uh, to see us as individuals bearing much fruit in seeing people discipled so that they themselves will make disciples.
0: And so our message this morning is, in the Are You Ready theme, is are you ready for fruitfulness? And uh, so we, in New Year, uh, we don't usually make New Year's resolutions as such, do we? But we do use this time of, often it's time of rest, um, to just do a bit of a reset. Uh, It's a good opportunity to reflect on the year that's been Uh, to evaluate it, to set some goals, have a chat about what worked well. You probably do similar things in your family. You know, you have a bit of an evaluation on, you know, how do we want to change and grow in the year ahead? You know, what worked, what didn't work? And it's the perfect time to ask God as well what he has been teaching us through whatever we've experienced in the past 12 months um, and ask him what he's positioning us for next. Um, And sometimes when we look back, I don't know about you, but sometimes, you know, you sort of think, oh, that didn't really go to plan, did it? And there can be a bit of a discouragement. Um, And sometimes, you know, you can feel a little bit sad because genuinely things happen. You know, you can sometimes feel a bit negative. And I don't want you to feel, like, guilty or burdened if that's your, your story. If you look back on the last 12 months and go, well, I didn't like that one very much. Pleased to see the end of that one. That's okay. Like, these things are valid. Sometimes really hard stuff happens. Sometimes there's big earthquake things. You get bad news or something happens that you really weren't expecting. But, you know, in God in kingdom things, I want you to know that nothing is ever wasted, okay? And if we take the time in this season to really dwell with him on what's happened, to dwell with him on the things that he's shown us, he will also show us his plan in it all, okay? Romans 8.28 would be probably quite familiar to you. It says, and we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. And we can sort of trot that out as a, a memory verse if we want to, or we can really dwell on it and go... God, you are in this, you are in the mix, you are working things out and even if I can't see the really big plan, I know that you can. And it doesn't mean that we gloss over things or pretend that they didn't happen, but it does mean that we can actually move forward in faith and move forward in hope um, and not be bogged down or actually defined by the past Um, and we can actually choose, if we want to, to allow difficulties and challenges to help us to grow and that means that we're growing in our character and we're growing in our faith and that's actually quite exciting.
1: Yeah, it absolutely is. You know, Romans 5, 3 to 5, it says, Even in times of trouble, we have joyful confidence, knowing that our pressures will develop, us, uh, develop in us patient endurance, and patient endurance will refine our character. Who loves ha- having their character refined? <laughs> it's not always fun, is it? But the end result is awesome, always. And proven character leads us back to hope. And this hope is not a disappointing fantasy, because we can now experience the endless love of God cascading into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who lives in us. You know, that joyful confidence, regardless of what we're going through, whether we're going through the deepest, darkest trials, or whether we're, you know, going through a time where everything is going really well. Either way, we have that confidence that God is on the throne, that he has our best at heart and, you know, that he is, is moving us towards the goal and, uh, and calling that he has for our lives. You know, I really believe, we really believe um, that God has positioned all of us right now perfectly for the start of 2020. You know, for all the things that he wants to do this year, he's got us ready for that. And uh, all, all we need to do now is to be ready to step into it. Probably the most important thing, no, not probably, the most important thing that we are all concerned with in Strong Nation churches is that each one of us individually hear Holy Spirit's voice and are ready to do exactly what he says. You know, if we are all doing that, if that is the the core of, of who we are, you know, we're always listening to what he's telling us then uh, we can be sure that we're right where he wants us and uh, that he can do incredible things and that we are going to enter into that amazing fruitfulness. And if our greatest fruitfulness is to see people disciple to follow Jesus and become more like him and ultimately to go on to disciple others, then uh, there are three things we reckon. There's probably more, but there are three things, different ways uh, that we're going to share of us being ready for this. And before we go into the first thing, I'm gonna pray. Because <laughs> we had that written right at the the start and I completely
0: I, even put I just went for next it asterisk. <laughs> so let's pray. Will you
1: join me? Father, we do thank you for the journey that you've taken us all on. And uh, Lord we thank you for the, the character building. We thank you for the shaping and the positioning that you have been doing. And Lord we just say right now, we are ready for 2020. We are ready to see what you are going to do. We are ready to go into spiritual warfare. We are ready to to see your kingdom extended. And Lord, we pray that you will just work in our hearts and help us be ready for all that you have for us in your awesome name. Amen.
0: Amen. Amen. So my first question for you is, are you ready for connection? So this journey of faith that we're on, as you'd you'd know yourself, is not a solo sport, okay? We are actually designed to be in relationship with others and even the most introverted among us, uh, we are still wired, I'm sorry, for being connected to other people. We all need encouragement, we all need kind words, we all need understanding um, and fruitfulness actually requires relationship with other people because if we're about discipleship, Discipleship is a relationship with Jesus and it's also a relationship with other people, right? And if we're going to be a disciple who makes disciples, we're actually going to have to be doing life with some others. So the gospel story of Jesus healing the paralysed man uh, is a really beautiful story. Um, he certainly had some obstacles, this man. He had physical needs, he was paralysed. He also had spiritual needs and he just really, really needed Jesus. Uh, it's pretty hard to get around in biblical times when you're paralysed though, right? There's no Ubers... There's no wheelchairs, electric wheelchairs, uh, pretty hard to actually get to Jesus. He'd heard that Jesus had come back into town. Uh, How was he going to get there? There were people everywhere. There was no way. But he was fortunate enough to have four friends who were concerned enough for him that they would ensure that he came before Jesus no matter what with his need. And they were committed enough to him as their friend that they would actually put aside their own stuff. Who knows what else they normally did on that day? They could have been working. They could have been doing housework. They could have had family routines. Who knows? And they put it all aside to try to help their friend encounter Jesus. So I'd like you to watch a short video that's going to show us this story really beautifully.
2: The Miracle of Mercy. Jesus Heals. This is Jesus, who is the Son of God and the Savior of the world. Jesus did many amazing things. He taught everyone about God's love, healed people from their sickness, and even calmed storms. The news of Jesus had spread all around and many people wanted to come and see what he was doing. No matter where Jesus went, great crowds of people would follow him. Jesus went to his own town and news spread that he was back home. Soon, the house where he was staying was packed. So Jesus began to preach God's word to the people. Meanwhile, some men heard that Jesus was in town. So they decided to take their paralyzed friend to him to be healed, for their friend wasn't able to walk. excuse me. Huh? But when they got to the house, they couldn't reach Jesus because of the crowd. Oh well. No. So they went to the roof uh, what? and dug a hole right above Jesus. Uh, got then they lowered their friend down into the crowd right in front of Jesus. Hey everybody, how they going? Jesus saw their faith so he said, Son, your sins are forgiven. There were some Pharisees and teachers of religious law in the room though and they were horrified that Jesus would say such a thing. They said to themselves, who does he think he is? Only God can forgive sins. Jesus knew what they were thinking, so he asked them, why do you question this? Is it easier to say to this man, your sins are forgiven, or stand up, pick up your mat and walk? Uh, what? Jesus went on to say that he would prove to them that he was allowed to forgive sins. Yeah, right. And so Jesus said to the paralyzed man, stand up, pick up your mat, and go home. Uh, okay. So the paralyzed man stood up and picked up his mat. Uh, The entire room was stunned as the man walked out through the crowd. All were amazed and praised God saying, we've never seen anything like this before. And they believed that God had sent Jesus with the authority to forgive sins and the ability to help the hurting.
0: How cute is that? I love the little expressions in that video. It's just really cute. You know, Jesus forgave that man his sins on the basis of the faith of his friends. Like he didn't know them. There was a massive crowd. He hadn't had a chance to chat with them yet. The only thing he knew of them was that little scene where you see those four faces over the the hole in the roof and he looks up at them and he goes, you've just lowered your mate down here right in front of me. On the basis of that, he's gone, your friend is now forgiven of his sins. That just doesn't spin you out as much as it does me. I just go, wow, that's awesome. Um, Just absolutely incredible. Um, You know, the four friends knew that Jesus was in town and they were expectant on their friend's behalf. They were really expectant and they knew their friend and they knew his needs and their help towards him was very intentional, uh, very relational but they needed each other to reach their goal and the paralysed man, he certainly needed them. Imagine if only three of them had said, oh yeah, I'll help out. Well, that would kind of make it hard to carry that little bed there, wouldn't it? Like, he needed four. He needed four friends. He didn't need 100. He just needed four. And, you know, we're no different. We need our friends. We need people around us to do life with. We need connection. We need some people who we let close enough into us, to our world, that they actually know what our immediate needs are. That might be scary for some of us because we've got walls and boundaries and all the rest of it, but each of us need one another and we need people around us. And we need people around us to know that if we, our needs were great enough to take us to Jesus when we couldn't get there, that they would actually do that. And sometimes that we would actually be that one of those four friends for our friend the other way around. Okay? So we all need each other in this church. Whether or not you walked into this room today um, knowing I'm a leader today, I'm doing something, I'm leading this team, or I'm serving, I'm doing something, or whether you walked in and you're, you're just here, your presence is so valuable each and every person in this room is really, really valuable and I'm glad that you're actually here, you know. So, what does this look like for you? What... And how can you intentionally and purposefully make... How can you make those better connections, those greater connections with people around you this year? You know, are there obstacles maybe that you need to overcome to do this? Because, you know, we can be far more fruitful when we collaborate with each other and draw out the gold in each other.
1: That's right. You know, what, what part of this body... Is God calling you to be? If you aren't already involved, mm. what, what is he calling you to be? Are you a hand, an arm, mm. whatever? If we uh, you know, re- are ready for connection, God will show us exactly what part he wants us mm. to play. All right. So the second one, point two, are we ready to overcome? We've got a real stirring this year <coughs> that uh, God is going to um, really move powerfully in the supernatural that uh, we are going to see absolutely incredible things and if that's the case are we ready to overcome are we ready to just step into all that god has for us into that victory that has already been won Mm. maybe in your reflecting on 2019 you can uh, you know identify some big obstacles some big challenges some dryness seasons of of wilderness confusion difficulties whatever it is And maybe some of them have come through with you into 2020. Are you ready to overcome those? Are you ready to step into all that God has for you? What are you going to do differently though? You know, maybe this is a time where God will say, well, don't just keep going the way you were because then things won't move forward. Maybe you need to make these little changes. Who are you walking closely together in connection with? Who can help you find what God is saying to you in this point in time so that you can be ready to overcome? Romans 8, uh, 31 to 39. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, he delivered him up for us all. How shall he not with, with him also freely give us all things? Who shall bring a charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is he who condemns? It is God, Christ who died and furthermore is also risen. Who is, who is even at the right hand of God and also makes intercession for us? Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? As it, as it is written, for your sake... We are killed all day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Yet in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor things present nor things to come nor height nor depth nor any created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. We are more than conquerors through him. It's not in our own strength here. It is through him? Are we ready to walk in that, to be more than overcomers? All of us are presented with challenges that can potentially derail us from being fruitful, getting our minds off what God God has really called us to and on the circumstances in which we find us. It's very easy to do that, isn't it? You know, to look at what's going on around us and forget that we are more than conquerors. But are we ready to overcome? Are we ready to be those conquerors in 2020? In 2 Corinthians 12.9, Paul talks about this thorn in his flesh, a, an unspecified difficulty in um, ongoing struggle of some kind. But I'm sure um, Pastor Dr. Reverend Adam White would pre- be able to you know, give you a little bit more information about that. We use Corinthians and he's here. Is he here? <laughs> so I'm not defeated by my weaknesses but delighted. For when I feel my weakness and endure mistreatment, When I'm surrounded with troubles on every side and face persecution because of of my love for Christ, I am made yet stronger for my weakness becomes a portal to God's power. You know, Paul, he was such a man who was just, he was so concerned with just demonstrating God's glory, God's power, God's strength and none of his own. What an incredible attitude to celebrate weaknesses, your struggles and troubles because you've got such a deep knowing that this taps into the power of Christ living in us, less of us, more of him in everything that we do. And when we go through these challenges, these trials and overcome, this gives us such a great story to be able to help others to go through those same trials and those same things, to help them themselves win that victory. It helps to develop a maturity in us and if you think about the hero's journey, it's those times, once once we've gone through those and we've overcome, where we get to celebrate the journey and share the spoils with others. Yeah, that's right.
0: And, you know, sometimes overcoming actually means that we need to do some pruning in our lives. Uh, John 15 talks about us being the vine and the father being the gardener. Uh, John 15 says he cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit and he prunes the branches that do bear fruit so that they'll produce even more. So regardless of whether it's... If it's not doing anything at all, it's getting chopped off. If it's producing fruit, it's still getting a little trim, okay? So, regardless, there has to be some gardening going on. And, you know, I don't want any branches in my life that are unfruitful. Like, if there's something there that's just, you know, a waste of energy, I want God to show me so I can cut it off and allow him to do the work, um, not myself. So, story from our garden, because, you know, we have a little vegetable garden, some of you might know. Uh, We like growing chilies, and we had one of these chilli plants that towards the end of winter looked dead, and uh, part of that was the drought, and part of that was just actually neglect. So dead. <laughs> but the weird thing was that it had a lot of fruit on it still that had died. Like we just—I think we just got busy.
1: Yeah, like it was, all the fruit, the chilies—they were all withered, and they kind of—they still look red, but they—it was look like very sun-dried.
0: Sun-dried chilies, <laughs> they weren't good. So we had to do a lot of cutting away of those because we thought maybe we can resurrect this poor plant. And uh, we, there was a few dead branches, so we cut them away and there was like literally, I don't know, a couple of hundred small chilies on it. It was a really, it was covered in them. And we thought we'll give it some water and we were diligent with that for the next little while. And literally within two weeks, there was new growth on this plant. So it went from being what we thought was almost dead to literally growing like leaves all over it. And then we're watching it and flowers appearing. And within about six weeks, these flowers were six weeks, do you reckon?
1: Easily, yeah.
0: Were turning to fruit. It was covered in little chilies once again, covered in it. And we just went, that's incredible. It
1: looked healthier than it had looked previously. Yeah, you know, it did. Yeah.
0: And so it's had a really, rather than dying altogether, it's actually had a really fruitful summer. But I don't think we would actually have had that fruitful summer with that plant had we just left it. Had we left the dead fruit on the vine? Had we left the the dead branches sitting there? Um, Water probably helped also. But I think the pruning was actually really necessary for this plant. So what does this look like in our own lives? You know, are we using the fruit that has appeared on our vines? Or is it just sitting there? Because sometimes the best place to start is with what you already have, right? And we sometimes overlook the fruit that God's producing and then it just dies and we don't do anything with it. So maybe that's a starting point for you. Or maybe there's some branches, like we said before, that are not being fruitful or productive, and we can ask God to sort of snip them away. Or maybe there's some shaping and pruning that God wants to do in our character. And that's the ouch part, isn't it? That's the ouch. So we can be more fruitful long-term if we're willing to actually do the hard yards now. And God wants us to grow. He wants us to mature. Maturity is actually our goal as a Christian person. Yes? Maturity. Actually, we've taken to saying this phrase a, a little bit. I think it might be a bit of a theme for us this year. You know, you know maturity or is happening or maturity looks like dot, dot, dot. You know, fill in the blank. You know, what does it look like to be mature in this scenario, dot, dot, dot. And uh, maybe that's something that we can, you know, corporately reflect on as well as we go about our weeks. But, you know, maybe God using, is using some of the challenges that we referred to before uh, to do this in your life. Challenges can actually be that pruning, Um, or maybe you're not quite ready for the pruning yet, um, and you're about to step into that, and that's okay too.
1: Absolutely. So, if we are ready for fruitfulness, we're ready for community, we're ready to overcome, are you ready to dare? So those men, and I I just love that video, I thought it was fantastic. Um, those men who lowered their friend through the roof, they took so many risks, you know, they obviously had this thing in their hearts where they, they went, we've heard all these stories about Jesus. You know, he's doing amazing things. And um, so we've got to get there. And, and they, they had this compulsion. They had this desperation to get there. And because of that, they were ready to take a whole bunch of risks to dare. Uh, they had to dig this hole through someone's roof. Now, that's risking trouble from the owner of that house right there, isn't it? You know, they, they're going to wreck his, his roof. Um, you know, just so they can, they can do this. They risk ridicule from all the people around them, mm. you know. I mean, there's got to be, there were throngs of people and, and surely there were some going, what on earth are you doing? Are you for real? Mm-hmm. Um, they risk looking foolish. But they had heard about Jesus. They had heard what he could do and they were just so committed to uh, and ready to take that dare, to take that plunge. The woman with the issue of blood, again, She was ready to dare. She, uh, you know, a lot of people knew about, or that's what it seems like, knew about uh, her condition. And yet she pushed through this huge crowd, again, risking so many things just to touch the hem of Jesus' garment. And look what happened there. Peter, he was ready to dare when Jesus asked him to come on the water. David was ready to dare when he stood before Goliath. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they were ready to dare when they face that fiery furnace. Ben, can we uh, have you back up, please? So what is God placing on your heart that you need to be ready to dare, ready to actually take that step of faith and, and go into all that he has for you? What, when God speaks to you and asks you to do something that involves stepping, stepping outside your comfort zone uh, and doing something different, walking in faith, are you ready to dare? I think back of um, Joe Corman when she was first given the opportunity or asked, Do you want to lead a church in Oberon? I know. <laughs> I know what went through her mind. And, you know, she, she talked to, um, to us about that, about, you know, how, how worried or, or, you know, I guess almost fearful she was. And yet she was ready to dare. And look at what she's doing out there. Just incredible. Are you willing to make a change, break a habit? Are you ready to apply for a dream job or promotion or whatever it is that God has called you to this year?
0: Maybe you're ready to join a new area of church life. Maybe you're ready to serve in a new capacity. Maybe you've never connected in with an oikos and been to a family dinner. Or maybe you did once and you've sort of let it slide. They're those points of connection. Are you daring enough maybe to allow God full access to your heart? to allow him to fully shape it, to mould you, to form you into all that he's called you to be? Are you daring enough to do the hard yards, you know, to do the work, to, when God shows you something, to actually act on it, to face those obstacles head on and come through them even stronger? Has God put something on your heart that requires you to take a risk? And he's been, you know, little tapping, the Holy Spirit taps, whispers, going, come on, don't forget about that. You know, are you ready to see it come to pass? What miracle might be waiting for us on the other side of that dare?
1: So as we said earlier, um, we really believe that God has been positioning all of us for fruitfulness this year. For each of us to play a part in making disciples who make disciples in all of our frontiers. Are we ready? Are we ready for connection? What part does God want us each individually to play in the body? Who does he want us to connect with? What frontiers does, does he want us to find a need in and to meet it? Are we ready to overcome? What challenges are you facing that you will overcome through his strength, not your own? And are you ready to dare? What risks are you willing to take for the kingdom this year? What risks are you willing to take for the kingdom?
0: Why don't we just stand and pray together? Father God, I just thank you for your incredible love for us. I thank you for Jesus. And we thank you that by the power of your spirit, we can be strong. Not in our own strength, but in yours, Lord God. And Father, I just pray over every person here this morning as they reflect on their 2019. And Lord, we lift up those challenges to you. We lift up those difficulties. The bad news, the difficult diagnosis the stretch where they didn't think they could stretch any further. And, Father, we give them to you. And, Father God, I ask that you would just minister to each person right now, that you would bring healing where it's needed, that you would bring encouragement, that, Lord, you would just drop a word of hope and life into people's spirits, even right now as we're praying, that you would give them a fresh perspective, a fresh view And, Father, I just pray that you would stir up old dreams, things that people have laid aside thinking, I can't do that, it's too hard, that you would just stir them up and bring them to the surface again. And by your spirit, Lord, that you would just renew those dreams. You would give people fresh hope, fresh vision for their lives. That, Lord God, people would find new connections, new connections with people in their world, that they might be one of those four friends to someone in need. Oh, Lord God, if they are the person in need, Lord God, I pray, Lord, that they would allow people into their world. Thank you, Jesus, for all that you've done. Thank you, Lord, for all that you're going to do in 2020. Thank you, Jesus. And Lord, we just commit 2020 to you. We ask for your blessing on it. And we give you all the praise and glory in Jesus' name.
1: Amen. Mm. Amen. 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 We are filled with such a sense of excitement of what lays ahead this year in so many ways. I think, as us in, in our individual lives, in our oikos, and, and you know, what God's going to do there in the other oikoses, but in our, our churches as well. Such a sense of excitement and, and expectancy. And uh, we just hope that you all have that same sense as well. And why don't we. No, no, we're, we're going to. Oh, okay. No, no, but. but the it's good announcements. All right, I was going to say, them. why don't we get? Well, we will go into a praise song, <laughs> and when we do, <laughs> uh, let's do so with that excitement and that expectancy. We will. Awesome. <laughs>